Hello everybody and welcome to the Kane and Rince video game podcast. It's volume 9, issue 403, and we're going to talk about a game that is very recent for us. It's the 2019 release of Resident Evil 2, a remake. And joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 403 are John Salmon. Hello. Joshua Garrity. Hello. And Leah Haydu. Stars. <laughs> welcome, one and all. <laughs> Uh, so, Resident Evil 2, yeah, it's, uh, it was released one year ago today at the time of recording. How neat is that? We've got uh, quite a lot of correspondence, which I'm, uh, I've speckled throughout the recording, throughout the show. We're going to start with some to give us a little flavour from Senor B123 from the forum who says, I never got through the original Resident Evil 2. The game was so tense and scary to me at the age of 13 that I couldn't get very far into the game. Running through the zombie-infested streets brought on enough stress to give me a stomachache and resulted in me hiding the game and case in my closet so I couldn't see it. Starting Resident Evil 2 Remake brought back all that tense stomach-turning anxiety I felt when I was 13. But I was able to muscle through these feelings and dive into this game this time. I can't say enough good things about the game. This was the best-looking cheeseburger in any video game ever. <laughs> this was the only game I played for nearly two months. I jumped from scenario to scenario until I got that precious S-plus rank all the way across. The story, the environment, the acting were all top-notch to me. I loved it. So Capcom made this, as they made the original. In August 2015, producer Yoshiaki Hirabayashi announced in a video that the remake had been approved and was in active development, ending the video with the phrase on a t-shirt, we do it. Capcom released the debut trailer and gameplay footage and dropped remake from the title at Sony's E3 2018 press conference. The game uses the RE engine, the same engine used for Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which allowed Capcom to modernise the gameplay. As I say, this was released on... The three formats, PC, PS4 and Xbox One, January 25th, 2019. And reviews were kind, broadly, almost everywhere. I don't remember seeing a negative review. Maybe there were one or two naysayers, but 92% on open critic and no backlash, as far as I'm aware of. Um, Metacritic users have it at 8.8 .8 from 2,500, Push Square 9.2 and IMDb 9.2, also from 2,500 reviewers. So uh, there's been no review bombing or naysaying really at all, as far as I can ascertain. And indeed, the game has outsold the original 1998 Resident Evil 2 as of December last month, the end of last year, over 5 million copies. Um, so I think it's done all right for them. Cardboard Cowboy from the forum, a new contributor, I believe, welcome, says, I'm a massive fan of the Resident Evil series having played the first one when I was about 12, when my cousin lent it to me, and when the sequel was released, me and my best friend spent many a glorious weekend exploring the confines of the Raccoon Police Department building and Umbrella Labs, finding all the secrets and increasing our completion rankings until we knew the game inside and out and trying to best each other's finish times. I was beyond excited when the remake was officially announced after years of rumours and speculation. I pre-ordered a copy as early as possible, uh, later upgrading to the collector's edition for the Leon statue and fancy replica RPD keys, strangely absent from the US collector's edition. On release day, I excitedly picked up my copy in a huge cardboard RPD storage box, 
set the game installing an eagerly awaited sundown so I could play it properly, in the dark, with the lights off. You need a blackout blind, my friend. Uh, Dom's Beard from the forum says, I booked the day off and pre-ordered the digital deluxe edition on Xbox One. I then spent that day and that weekend playing through Leon A and Claire B in quick succession. Overall, I really, really enjoyed this and it felt like a perfect reimagining of the original. Mr. X was a welcome extra addition, i.e. he was in it more and the zombies had been way more of a threat than they were in the previous game. Right, so I'm actually going to start with histories with Leah, who... You weren't on our Resident Evil 2 original podcast back in issue 307, Seek It Out listeners, because you haven't played the original? Is no, right? I have not. Um, I've, okay. I've watched some uh, Let's Plays, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the game, uh, even though I haven't played it myself. Uh, but yeah, I had I kind of didn't get into Resident Evil until 4, uh, which is a pretty common thing, I would say, among hmm. uh, among some people. Uh, of course, there are many, many people who have been fans of the series since the original game, but um, I, I was one of those who came in around four, and uh, while I did go back and play the original Resident Evil and the uh, remake of that, I never actually made it to two or three, and I, mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that I consciously avoided them because I thought that they would feel too dated or anything like that. It's just one of those things that never really happened um yeah. so uh yeah i this was my first experience with uh resident evil 2 uh at all really uh other than just kind of watching in some in some places and yeah. um yeah i've played through uh three times i played uh when pretty close to after it came out uh i want to say maybe in like february or march of last year I played through uh, Leon A and Claire B, and then um, just before this show, this recording, I uh, <laughs> I thought that I was going to just kind of play a little bit and refresh myself. So I started playing uh, Claire A. I don't know, maybe eight o'clock or so last night, and um, finished that campaign about half an hour before we started recording. So once you get in there, yeah, it's, hard to it's get it's, yourself back out. I I I really liked the um, the, the improvements that they made in in using the RE engine because I also um, had a lot of the same feelings that we're going to talk about for Resident Evil Seven, uh, especially in the the gameplay bits. Uh, because obviously it is the same engine, so it has a lot of the same feel to it in a lot of respects. So um, yeah, I, I was I was pleased that they made those updates, and uh, it led to me uh, really enjoying what I did. Okay, so yeah, it'd be interesting for us who yeah. are familiar and have a huge amount of nostalgia for the original, just to have that comparison, yeah, that context with somebody who doesn't have the memories of '98 or mm -hmm. even soon after or whatever. Uh, but Josh, do you have the memories of 98? I can't quite recall uh, from our previous discussions on this subject. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I was I was eight years old when the original came out. Uh, so maybe a bit young uh, for <laughs> Resident Evil 2. But um, yeah, I, 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 I ended up playing uh, Resident Evil 2, the original, uh, a couple of years ago in a year where I just went through pretty much all of the Resident Evil games. Right. I, I um, Yeah, I, I started out with Resident Evil Remake, which I loved, um, and I still had the hunger, so I ended up going from 2 
Um, and then I started free and then use it, use the uh, motivation um, of a impending uh, recording date for the Resident Evil free uh, Kane and Rince to uh, to get me through uh, uh, those nemesis encounters. Um, and and I pretty much that I, I'm kind of reiterating something I said in the Resident Evil free nemesis um, issue, but um, I kind of realized in that year how much I love this series. I I always loved like four was a, a game that I had played back in the day along with everyone else. And I always knew I loved Resident Evil four, but that was the year where I kind of discovered my love for the series as a whole. Um, and when this um, was announced, I, I, I was kind of, because it was it was years before I I had played Resident Evil Two, so I I didn't quite have the same reaction everyone else had. It wasn't until um, the E three footage started coming out, um, which would be years years and years later, that um, that, and I had played Resident Evil Two and I had the context. Then I was on board. Then I was excited for it. Um, yeah, so I I I got this uh, day one um, on. PS4. I I'm I, I'm I've ended up buying this game again uh, because um I uh, it went on sale on Steam recently and um I now have a PC that can render at 4K resolution and I really wanted to see um right. this game nice. in 4K. Um and it looks incredible. Um so yeah, I've I've played this both on PS4 and PC. Cool. John, I believe you've not only completed this a number of times, but you've almost started to hit the the realms of the at least amateur speedrunner. Uh, yeah, well, I mean that's been a that's been a bit of a thing with survival horror games for me for a very very long time. This is hardly my first, but I am I am in the position where I've played this maybe more times than I'm able to accurately count now. It's either seven or eight, but I can't remember yep. whether I combined two speedruns into one or not. Um, I was on board with the original Resident Evil 2. It wasn't quite 98, but it wouldn't have been much later than that. It would have been sometime in either 99 or maybe early 2000. Um, I've always credited it with being probably the the thing that actually got me into horror media in general, because from what I remember before that, I guess I was like 13, maybe 14 when I played it. I'd never liked horror stuff at all. I think I had some sort of like sleep um like paralysis style like nightmare trauma or something like that and it it really put me off anything to do with horror and then as I kind of you know reached like sort of adolescence and puberty and all that sort of thing um I think I just I wanted to get into it and I remember borrowing the original PlayStation copy from one of my friends at school and just going absolutely like really sitting down and making myself play it and I remember bits and pieces of it but i never played it enough to you know get through each of the four different sides of things or do any of the the later on stuff but um it's been a very long time since and you know 20 years later my memories are starting to fade away even though i did play it somewhere in the meantime on the gamecube um but i was if it hadn't been for them uh announcing this remake i guess what did you say like at least a couple of years ago if not sort of five years when um stuff about the the other uh fan uh, project was being talked about um 
I probably would have played it again at some point in the meantime. But when they announced this, I guess the feeling is just, well, we just wait for that then. Because again, with what Josh said, the, the original remake of Resident Evil 1 was such a big deal for me. That was like the next thing that I remember getting really, really into. Um, so I was hoping for basically the Resident Evil 2 equivalent of that old Resident Evil 1 remake, something that would just add tons to the storyline, like basically improve it in every detail and, you know, make the original near enough obsolete. Uh, so I was just down for this and I went through the, um, uh, like they released a demo, like a 30 minute demo of it, probably a few weeks before the game came out. And I remember playing that and I played it with one of my friends who I went and visited last year. Um, and we played it twice because you know, it was one of those things that like you downloaded it on your Xbox and then you played through it and it locked up afterwards. It was like, your profile's finished this now. Like, please wait for the real game. So he played it and then I played it again and we kind of went through and like looked at everything really detailed. And I was just, I was absolutely sold. So I pre-ordered a copy of it and yeah, I played, I don't know, probably 70, 80 hours of it over the course of the next few months and finally put it down in about September last year. So it took up a good portion of like eight months of last year for me. Goodness me. Uh, yeah, so I've had quite a journey with this game, I think, now I'm looking back at it, having finally seen the true ending this afternoon and, and done some other bits and bobs, but been playing it on and off for since it came out, really. But I suppose my relationship with it goes back a bit further because obviously we played through, completed every mainline Resident Evil game for the show, not every version of every game, but the mainline entries and uh, at least on one format, normally the original format. And I talked on our Resident Evil 2 show about how when that game came out, I you know rushed off and bought it and played it through four times in a row that weekend. Uh, then didn't complete it again for years and years until we did that show. But I always had incredibly fond memories of it and uh, a good deal of uh, affection and nostalgia. Then obviously we, we did that Resident Evil series and it's quite, you know, I, I had a great time doing it. Really glad we did it. But of course, after playing all of them back to back with barely a gap, you, you know, you start to get uh, a little maybe you know saturated or uh, jaded about the whole thing. And not only that, but of course, the last two we played were six and seven. And mm. I preferred seven to six, uh, which I don't think is a controversial opinion. <laughs> However, mm. um I didn't love Seven. Um, I, 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 I'd need to go back and listen to that show myself, and I'm sure maybe listeners are more familiar with what I said on that show than I am now. But uh, I liked it, and it had some great things. But I didn't love it. I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't think it was up there with with my favourites in the series. And I'm, I'm still. Uh, we've covered Resident Evil Four twice on this podcast. I still worship at the altar of that game, even acknowledging its age and things like that. Six was just a real slog. Um, you know, obviously, listen to that podcast to it, you know, to get an understanding of why we did or didn't like it and what we didn't like about it. But my concern was that the Capcom team that were now in charge of Resident Evil weren't making games that I thought were enormous amounts of fun. So combine that with the fact that if they ever, I I really thought if they ever were going to remake Resident Evil Two, I wanted to see 
like the GameCube remake of Resident Evil 1, but obviously, you know, with even more pixels, but keeping the classic camera angles and the classic controls and all that kind of thing. As much as I love the, you know, over-the-shoulder shooters like Resident Evil 4 and things like that, I didn't necessarily think that was the right way for Resident Evil 2 to be remade. So I can't remember which order things happened, but I think reviews came out or people started talking about the. I think maybe it was the demo people were talking about. I never play demos, uh, but people were, I guess there was a buzz. And so I did, I did end up pre-ordering it. Um, but yes, I bought it on Xbox One X, even though I have, obviously it's been on, I've played different games on different formats over the years, but I still have quite a strong PlayStation association with Resident Evil. But I've got an Xbox One X, and so I wanted potentially the you know the most sl- the slickest version with the most frames and the most pixels, and so I got that. Played it on and off, as I say, in between things, which I don't think gave, gave it the best chance, really. And then I've only kind of really sat down to knuckle down with it in the last couple of weeks or so. And yeah, as I say, I got the true ending earlier, and my relationship with this game has been all over the place. Um but I'm going to keep it a secret as to where it is now until later in the show. So the story is the same as the original. Go back. I can't remember how much we said about it in the original podcast, but go back and listen to that or just read a synopsis. But uh, Zombies, Raccoon City, Leon and Claire. It retains most of what was in that game, but makes also makes quite a few little, some some smaller changes, some larger um, it recasts both the characters visually in the game and the actors and actresses. Uh, again, we've got, a, as with so many games in this series, we've got another Canadian voice cast, which occasionally I find <laughs> is quite apparent uh, in certain words and phrases. But um, what did everyone think about new Leon and new Claire in this game and the adventure and the story they go on? There's a, I think maybe a good place to start is the fact that I think, Capcom wanted to make it slightly more in line with modern games in the sense that Mm. I think they've gone for something a bit, they've attempted at least in places to make it a bit more emotional and a bit more quotes realistic. What one thing I will say about uh, the, the actual character designs, I, I liked them and I think that it's very difficult to uh, for, for me and probably for a lot of people to kind of divorce the, the character of Leon from what we're used to seeing from in particular Resident Evil 4. Uh, And I think that they actually did a pretty decent, I'm not sure if they were trying for this or not, but I think they did a pretty decent job of making him kind of look like just a little baby other Leon. Like I could, I could see where one would come from the other. Like it, but he, he really does just look so young and he's supposed to. And I think that they, they kind of nailed it there. Yeah, I mean, I guess, what are they, de-aging him, like, six, seven years canonically? Something like that, From whatever Resident Evil 4 was? I don't know if those games are both canonically set in the years that they were released, but, you know, there's, I think, seven years between them in the real world. Yeah, he seems slightly less stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly. Speaking of characters, can we talk about how the police chief is just a murderer for no reason like is is that ever explained anywhere was it explained in the original game yeah like, more so. because i mean you you go through you come you come up into his office you don't really see him until he runs off with sherry and then you go up into his office and find his diary and he's talking about 
the you know how his he he's sexually excited by stuffing animals and then it just mm. kind of casually drops that oh by the way he's escalated this to people and then you find a corpse in his office later and it's like i that had nothing to do with the story and i'm not sure why it matt i mean I, i'm not saying that it's it shouldn't be there or that it's bad somehow it's just kind of a non sequitur almost what i would say is that this is extraordinary, given if you go back and look at or play the original now, mm-hmm. as I'm sure we talked about, the acting and scripting by modern standards of video games, and even by some games that were already around then, as discussed, uh, what it is just, you know, it's hilarious. Sure. Yeah. But if anything, their treatment of Brian in the original was more subtle <laughs> than it is <laughs> in this one. Yeah. But doesn't he have more of an actual like character in the original from what I remember? Like, you go into his office in the original and he's there sat behind his desk and he's got the That's it's right. the mayor's daughter, isn't it? She's on his desk in his actual police station office rather than in this creepy um orphanage. Is it, an orphanage? orphanage yeah, yes. that he's apparently mm-hmm. decides is great. Um and from what I remember the the rest of it is still not too dissimilar, but he seems to be a bit more sympathetic in the original. Whereas here it's very much murder a kidnapper sweaty pedo monster yeah uh, yeah i think i think this is a clash between wanting to be faithful to the original and then also wanting to you know ramp everything up and polish everything so it's much more like a modern game and has the the script and the characters of a modern game but i think fundamentally those two things aren't mixing together really well because as much as you know i would you know leon criticize and i would criticize the the voice acting in the original everything in the first two resident evil uh, first three resident evils is of that b-movie silly over-the-top tone so even though it isn't great it kind of feels fine with everything that's going on it's got its own kind of yeah like you say it's it's got its own charm whereas here it's it's like they're trying they're trying to insert last of us level acting in a story that doesn't warrant it and i kind of wish they would just commit like resident evil 4 part of the like one of the beautiful things about that game is that they kind of got the balance right is like the the acting isn't terrible. It's over the top and it's silly, but it's not terrible. And the writing is also ridiculous and over the top and every character is a cartoon. And tonally, mm-hmm. that game is so consistent. Whereas here, it's like, uh, we're, we're kind of all over the place. And yeah, yeah I wish they, I wish they'd kind of picked a road that they wanted to go down rather than kind of doing this weird mismatch. And I think, Claire and Leon are just a little bit vanilla and bland yeah. Yeah. and it just feels like it, maybe it was perhaps one of the things that put me off early on it it just it feels like one of those it almost reminded me of having I've only seen bits of them but it reminded me of one of the Resident Evil films that kind of level of <laughs> I wouldn't go quite as far as that I mean you say you've only seen a couple of the Resident Evil films would they be the earlier ones by any chance yeah. the ones that are not complete sort of right. dumpster right. fires of nonsense okay i mean they yeah. they probably overtake how ridiculous the resident evil games get by the time you've got to i can believe like that seventh one or whatever it is i think they've got to five or six yeah. yeah definitely i mean i'm quite happy to let them have the like the remixed 
uh, Sherry sequence because, I mean, to be honest, it's probably the biggest departure from anything mm. in the real of the original game. What happens between the playable Sherry section and yeah. the differences with the Chief? And I was personally like really excited when I got to those parts of, I mean, the Claire campaign with Sherry, but also the that midway point with Leon as well, because one of one of the things that I remember not liking about this and immediately off the bat thinking, oh, this is a bit different, is the very original, um, very first section when you first get to Raccoon City and you just kind of juke your way through the zombies in the streets and you get to the police station with, you know, almost no hassle at all in like 30 seconds. So you lose the whole gun shop section, the bit where you go out the back of it and up over the staircase and you climb the dumpster and there's that zombie who's bit, I think she's been named Misty, the one with the, um, like the little red crop top and the, uh, the shorts on who kind of looks a bit like a zombie Claire and you climb over the dumpster yeah. and then you go to the ambulance and across the basketball court and that's all gone in the, the new one. And I was quite unhappy about that until eventually you get to that point halfway with the Leon campaign and you do actually find the gun shop. And then the Claire campaign, when she leaves the station to go to the orphanage, you get all, it's basically that same sequence. It's just slightly different. You go up the little clinky metal staircase, you go climb across the dumpster, Misty's yeah. there, you go across a basketball court, you go through a school bus. Like it's all there. It's just been, mm. yeah, just remixed. I was going to say, what, what's sort of notable by its absence, again, and this was also true in. Seven at least, and I can't now remember about six, but certainly uh, after the very much prominent role that Wesker, increasingly prominent role that Wesker was given in in five, not I am not a fan at all of that that character or or anything about him that he brought to game. So for me, it was hugely refreshing not to have a kind of any one particular moustache twirling villain. We've got a kind of family crisis and trauma mm. which is based around the corporation of umbrella and yes you know it's again it's not it's it's hardly going to go down as uh as great fiction or anything but at least it it gives you something semi yeah. kind of relatable to to kind of cling on to it's not just you know evil man in dark glasses doing matrix moves mm. you know william birkins always struck me as being a much more kind of down-to-earth realistic just sort of gets caught up in the middle of it and just gets greedy yeah. rather than, yeah, as you say, Wesker is literally like, yeah, dodging bullets. And in the movies, again, are even worse for that. So <laughs> I am sick to my back teeth of Wesker. I'd be very happy if we don't see him in any yeah. future Resident Evil game. Well, it wasn't him in six, was it? It was his son. Oh, Surprise! that's right. Of I'm course. like nine Wesker kids or something, all with Probably. increasingly ridiculous <laughs> names. He's a dirty boy. Probably. He's like... Uh, he's like <laughs> King Bowser. <laughs> uh, the likeness of Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield based on models Edward Badaluta and Jordan McEwen, respectively. McEwen was uncredited for her work as her modelling agency didn't want her name to be revealed. However, she confirmed her involvement in the project on Instagram. But of course, there is one persistent enemy as well as uh, William Birkin, who becomes more and more uh, warped as in the original and uh, becomes more and more monstrous probably the single most famous thing about this game is Mr. X. He's actually mm. called the Tyrant in the game. Um, Mr. X was a kind of fan name that stuck and he wasn't the original, but he was only in Leon's campaign, if I recall correctly. Mm. Whereas now he appears in both and 
obviously we talked about the fact that he was a obvious precursor to the nemesis that turned up in resident evil 3 mm -hmm. that game that was originally supposed to be a side story to resident evil 2 and kind of is and is going to be again very soon cardboard cowboy from the forum says tyrant or mr x as he is known to the resident evil fandom is simply terrifying in classic re2 he was indeed a formidable foe but after playing the game a few times it soon became apparent he only appeared during certain scripted sequences which somewhat diminished his impact here however he is a force to be reckoned with whilst his booming footsteps alert players to his presence long before they are in any real danger the fact that he is nigh on unstoppable and can deal massive amounts of damage with a single punch is enough to send anyone with an ounce of sense running even though tyrant can now follow the player through doors many times this led to me foolishly dashing into corridors or areas i hadn't fully cleared leading to me stumbling into the jaws of a shambling zombie or falling foul of a swift decapitation from a lurking liquor yeah i think there are i i mean obviously there's at least one uh bit that the the tyrant is scripted to appear when when I, the first time when after you uh clear the fire from the helicopter uh and i think that there might it might be scripted that he appears somewhere around when you go in to do the clock tower because he has every time I've done that. Yeah, um, there's a room that I think he will definitely mm -hmm. come and find you in. It's the room that has one of each type of key at the opposite ends of it. I think yeah. it's where you get the jack that lowers the stack, um, the library thing because mm -hmm. every single time i played it he always comes through in that room yeah yeah but but other than that i mean he can show up in a lot of different places and as uh cardboard cowboy says it's the footsteps for me that really because you can hear him walking around even when he's not actually in the same room or even when you haven't seen him for a while and i i would just get so tense like he's gonna show up he's gonna show up i know that i could open this door and he could just be on the other side of this door like i mm -hmm. i i liked it and i i didn't think that it was overused I it, it's kind of odd for me to like this type of mechanic because I really generally don't like uh, games that have ca enemies that you can't permanently dispose of. And until he is storyline pulled from the game, you can't dispose of him. You can slow him down. You can stop yeah. him. You can outrun him. But you you really can't uh, do much about him. He's going to keep showing up until you get out of that area. So uh i thought that that was spooky but i thought it was well done i think mr x is great as well it's mm -hmm. it's obviously like far far more effective on your first couple of playthroughs i think the first mm -hmm. game that i played when i was probably spent 10 hours going through my leon a campaign and finding every single item that i could across the whole thing and like going back and exploring every single room as well as i could like there he's like a constant threat and a constant presence who's well, it was from what, like third of the way into the game when you first come really back out to the police station. So it's pretty early. And then he follows you around for like probably the next mo. Well, it depends a bit on the campaign, but it's it's like a serious portion of the game where you're, mm -hmm. you know, in the police station. There's, and then when you get onto the B campaign and you realize that he appears so much earlier in that because I mean, it's slightly remixed from the A it's mostly the similar sort of thing, but one of the major differences is that he comes in way earlier. So you've got most of that first trip through the police station where he's also coming after you. So I, I mean, I was really impressed with it for both of them, but after, after you've gone through it a couple of times, I think I just found a point where you kind of learn how he works and how mm. to avoid him. And by the time I was doing, sort of speedruns later on 
I'd barely see him. He'd appear at a couple of points during it. I mean, you know exactly where to go. You're kind of beelining from one room to the other. You can take different routes around to avoid the areas where he's kind of more easily to get you trapped into a corner or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I almost never actually wasted any ammo, like, knocking him That's down. That's interesting, because I was wondering, I was thinking if he's too smart or too unpredictable, too random... That could be a, a speed run killer, but mm-hmm. it seems to be it seems to be that this game is a very popular one among people who want to try to break their their own or even you know wider records. And obviously, there are of course a number of videos on YouTube sort of trying to understand or explaining how he works. And it mm. seems to be rather like the ghosts in the original Pac Man. You can actually mm. kind of manipulate him to your will yeah. when uh, running around those yeah. mazes can, once you know what's going can... on definitely learn how to how to use him and I, I haven't actually seen anybody doing it but i kind of suspect that you could probably also use him to a uh, positive effect as well you could probably get him to push other enemies out of the way or knock yeah. other enemies down mm-hmm. the only shame of that is he doesn't do a huge amount of damage there no. was there was a, a a point where i the room off the library um with the with one of the three statues in mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. ended up in there with three of the the library zombies and Mr. X then shows up at the door and I'm thinking, actually, I can kite him through the zombies and this will be awesome. But he just kind of, yeah, he kind of knocks them out of the way. But I was almost hoping that he would like smash them up against the wall because that mm-hmm. that could actually be a really satisfying risk reward mm-hmm. element that isn't yeah, quite definitely. there. I yeah, think- I for, for me, because I tend to agree with the criticisms about how he works purely from a gameplay mechanical uh, setup because, yeah, he can be easily manipulated. But I am so impressed with just the design and the sound, specifically the sound design for him Mm -hmm. and the way he animates in that kind of Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 1, just cold determination. I love the way he's presented. Um, there's one cutscene in particular um, where Claire and Sherry are running into this elevate, elevator with a metal grate, and just the the animation of him just like slowly ripping the metal grating apart, and his face is emotionless, just completely yeah. blank. And the and the tempt like I feel like there's a temptation to make him more angry or make him more like fierce but actually it's creepier that he just doesn't feel anything that's exactly why arnold's original you know performance as the original terminator i think was became so iconic and uh was because of because of that utter implacid sort of uh yeah unchanging expression and that's one of the things i know there's been a little criticism of the look of the design of the nemesis for the forthcoming remake based on he what we've seen already uh, yeah <laughs> and is it's it's more monstrous and obviously we have a kind of a natural f- fight or flight visceral reaction to something that monstrous but but actually that sort of yeah that gray almost mannequin like face of the tyrant and and mr x who is a tyrant has something to it i think my only uh, only real complaint about Mr. X is that he could have been more scary. Like there are 
very notably a handful of rooms in the game that he cannot get into. And it looks so stupid when he's chasing you down. He's like a foot away from you. You go through a door and he, he goes to like duck into the room and the door just closes in his face and he's just there. And then he walks away like yeah. that really broke. I mean, partly broke some of the immersion for me, but also kind of makes some of the speed running stuff more easy because I mean, one of those rooms very notably is the clock tower room, which yeah. there's no real good reason why he shouldn't be able to follow you no, into there. That I would have been that terrifying. That it's yeah. probably, I mean, back end, it is probably a mechanical thing. Like they didn't want to get him stuck on the geometry because there's a lot of stuff in that room. But yeah, yes, maybe. In, in, to a player, but, it, yeah. it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of I sense. sort of justified him walking off to myself as he doesn't know there's not another exit to that room that I've just gone in. So that was my internal to logic side. to that. But yeah, Maybe. it was it, it was ludicrous, the, the mm. kind of, yeah, I'm going into this safe room now until <laughs> back yeah. away. And like, it's been either Dead Space 1 or Dead Space 2 kind of had the precedent where you've got safe areas and then at some point during one of those games, one of the safe areas became unsafe, like a monster yeah. did burst in yeah. there. And I've, you know, people still talk about that either 12 or 9 years ago, depending on which game it was. So I, I would love to have maybe on the B campaign or something, just right. switch it around and you you're or on running hardcore mode. Yeah, mm. something something that would have done it. Like you go through the library across the top, you know you've got that big U shaped hallway around the outside, the clock room's there. But you probably if you're know what you're doing, you just make the one quick trip, you lower the thing in the library, go around mm. the top, go into the clock tower, go the other way around to the door that hopefully you've unlocked from the other side. But yeah, so that point, if you were, you know, mega confident, you're like, oh, I've played through this three times already. I'm going to do that little little journey around the top there. Go back in. If he was after you at that point and then followed you through that door, that would have been such a good, like, shake up from, yeah, as you say, the other other side of the um, playthrough or hardcore mode or something where it took off some of those restrictions would have yeah. been such a shock. So mm. let's roll it back to the visual side of things, the graphics and the art. Nix Fontana from the forum says, from the wet slickness of objects and characters when you go out into the rain to the design of the locations themselves, it seems like everything was crafted deliberately to be as authentic as possible. Out of all the environments you visit in the game, the police station was definitely my favourite to explore and get scared in. On the other side of the spectrum, I hated exploring the sewers because, well, they were sewers. They were dark, grimy and disgusting with creatures that were more terrifying than anything else I saw throughout the game, exactly how the sewers should be. My overall thoughts on this have gone all over the place. So technically, I think the game is like excellent. It's especially, again, playing it on a PC or an Xbox One X, it's 60 frames a second locked pretty much, I think, apart from some of the zombies sometimes seem to move at half the frame rate for whatever reason. But overall, it's a very, very slick and polished title. But I've had some feeling that as good as everything looks like, theoretically, it took me the longest time to feel any real atmosphere. It all felt a bit plastic and artless to me and i was trying i was looking at the concept art that you unlock as you play through the game and again it's all tremendously well drawn but for me it's like really lacking any sense of like real texture and i don't know i mean this is such a subjective thing but part of this i realized was actually because 
uh, because now setting up your AV is such a, a minefield. <laughs> I had it. I've got it on. I had these settings that were absolutely astounding for Red Dead Redemption Two, my my current TV, and it was too bright for this game. So I was kind of doing myself out of some of the atmosphere. And so I, you know, revisited the settings and and made the darker places darker, and that certainly helped. And I have, I have made my peace with the way this game looks to an extent. And by the way, I think some of the monsters look amazing. The liquors never look better, and and obviously, like Leah said, some of Birkin's mutations are, are really gnarly. Some of the gory stuff, but Especially the locations, the end, man. <laughs> yeah. The locations, I think, suffer from the lack of the locked camera angles that the original had. So obviously these environments have been largely recreated uh, with with remixes and alterations and stuff. But effectively, it's the same places. But it sort of made me realize how actually a lot of these places perhaps weren't that interesting. And it was, in fact, the weird Dutch angles and kind of, you know, corner, corner mounted cameras and for the pre-rendered backdrops that actually kind of brought these places to life a bit for me. So I think just marching through them for me with the over-the-shoulder camera kind of reveals some of them to be a little bit kind of humdrum. I don't know. I don't I don't think I would agree with that. I I I would in some place. I, I actually kind of align pretty closely with what uh, the Nick Fontana was saying uh, in that I, I really did like, I, I think that the police station is probably the strongest part of the game for me. I, I liked how it looked. I like that it's weird and that, you know, it's they, they explain that by saying that it used to be an art museum and, you know, it's it's classic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I, I liked looking around and and finding uh, all of the different little rooms and, and exploring there wasn't too crazy about the sewers. Um, I, I thought that that was that kind of could have been in any game, you know, um, it, but, and the, and the, it kind of comes back around a little bit in the, uh, in the labs at the end, because you, you, they do a pretty good job of making, you know, that whole very sterile, um, shiny environment, uh, look different from where you've been before. And, and most notably where you have just been, which is the, the literal rivers of poo in the, in the, in the sewers. Um, but I, I, I think that it's, it did dip in the middle a little bit for me, but I, I really did like looking around the police station and thought that that was visually interesting and and uh, worthy of kind of exploration. I adore the way this game looks. Um, I think like you were talking about the lighting, Leon, and I, I think I lucked out because I, I got it right, mm. um, right from the off where like, I think if if you're look if you at home listening to this this uh, this issue uh, are looking to uh, get the perfect setup for Resident Evil Two, when you're um, shining your torch, everything that is not in the torch's light should be pitch black, and right, I think yeah. that is the the perfect setup. And when it's like that, the atmosphere, the tension is really really palpable, and um, I loved exploring those those pitch black. Um, areas of the game and and not knowing um what's around the corner and hearing the shuffling of the zombies um in the other room and and the liquors i think the liquors in this game are an incredible piece oh of, they're awful um, <laughs> of, but in a good um, way i i guess yeah just oh they're like on every level like animation sound design like the introduction to the first one in that corridor with the 
the slightly open window with the rain coming in and the curtain that's flapping, and you just see it like like attack this corpse. Ah, oh, it's just so it's so good i wanted more of that that's exactly the kind of thing like i think there's there was a lack of texture in the atmosphere like this sounds really weird because i've literally i've seen little particles and stuff floating around in the the air but it felt to me like after coming off the back of playing the two evil within games like those games had a real kind of a sense of a kind of curtain of drab dread kind of hung all over them and and a real sense and again this is such this is just something that either your brain locks into like we were talking about that you know the white goop in the evil within two and how much that kind of um sparked my imagination in a, in a weird and nasty way yeah, i've heard that about you yeah oh. but it's, <laughs> this one just like it i think I'm, I'm more there than i was now but for a while it just felt like everything was yeah just kind of a bit oh and i hate this word and we've hardly ever used it but if i was going to try to use shorthand it felt a bit soulless to me. Right. Um, uh, just a, just another creature I want to touch on mm. uh, from a visual design standpoint is um, the upgrade for the plant monsters that were in the original Resident they Evil 2. They called mm. Ivy, Ivy Zombies, I think. They yeah, zombies. Ivy yeah. Zombies. So in 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 the original Resident Evil 2, they're just... <laughs> triffids. They're just triffids. They're just <laughs> random triffids. Um, but in this, it's like this plant life corruption that's like um but i i just love the idea that there's this whole other possible biological threat that just because it hasn't reached the surface it's not really making an impact but if it did it would just be it would be as bad as this zombie apocalypse that's going on i i love like um uh, another game that did that did this recently was control where like there's the main story villain, but there's this whole other subplot of another villain that's going on mm. that could be equally disastrous. And I love, I love how they took those triffids and actually did something slightly more interesting and compelling with them. And again, like the sound design, much like the the liquors, the sound design of their clicking, um, obviously, as you say, like taking some cues from The Last of Us there, I think, but. Um, just like it, like the way they're animated, it it looks like the plant life is actually like moving the skeleton of the mm. the the person for them. It's not it. The muscles are not involved at all. It's just these vines awkwardly shifting the mass across the ground. I just thought that was a really compelling piece of uh, horror through art design. Talking about the ivy zombies. They're probably the most, along with the the sewer monsters, which I'm oh, not the sure what they're G called. Adults? The they're, things with the they've got yeah, like an eyeball it. that's crusted yeah. over on their shoulder. Along with the uh, along with those, they've got rid of m- uh, many of the sort of fan favorite, the more goofy creatures. So there's no giant yeah. moths, no spiders, no crows. Uh, according to the producers, they were dropped as they would have clashed with the realistic tone the developers were aiming for. I don't uh-huh, know if that's yeah. paraphrasing. Realistic eyeball monsters, yeah. Uh, I, IMDB I trivia. Um, but yes, uh, clearly not so realistic. I'm glad that they don't have any realistic spiders in there. Thank you for that, Capcom. Right. <laughs> They've been confirmed as returning in the free remake. There was okay. an interview <laughs> recently where they said they're back in. So Gross, look, forward, look cool. forward to that, Leah. Badger Catcher from the forum says, I adored this game. It gave me a similar feeling to playing Doom 2016, where it was the perfect marriage of nostalgia and the pure joy of playing a great feeling video game. 
What really blew me away though was the zombie design. They are horrifically gorgeous. Uh, I think uh, they're great and uh, there's a decent variety, but I always end up feeling, and of course it's just a, re a resource thing and, and the realism, but I always feel like there could... You go back to Resident Evil 4 now and you realise how few models there are. And there's probably more in this, but I still find myself thinking, I've killed you already. <laughs> as, uh, as a number of people who you see, you know, redressed for later in the game, which is, yeah, I guess it's just unavoidable until we have algorithm generated NCP. Uh, yeah. NPCs. I, despite the fact that there's probably not that many different enemies, like throughout the entire campaign, there can't be that many zombies in it. I don't know if there's any points where they just like constantly respawn or if you could go through the entire game and kill everything no, you and just have everything. like an empty world. Pecan Pie from the forum says, being short on nightmare material, my dreams appreciated the chilling sight of my flashlight illuminating a liquor on the ceiling. The fact that the gameplay encourages you against your instincts to slowly walk past them allows you to fully digest how grotesque they are. I still haven't conquered my instinct to run and have been taken down multiple times, frantically trying to leave the hallway I was ambushed in. The glisten of what looks to be a creature that was flayed with a prominent brain indicating intelligence was the most terrifying and memorable foe in the game. Even more terrifying and memorable than Mr. X to Pecan Pie, which I can understand. Yeah, the liquor's probably the thing that I've always been the most scared of in, uh, in Resi 2. And They're so fast, isn't mm. it? They are quick and vicious. And possibly even more vicious in this than than they were in the original. I'm not sure. I'm sure the damage has been rebalanced and stuff. But yeah, the thing about the hunters is, and they'll probably be making a comeback in the three game that's coming out soon, is they're big frogs with claws, and that's kind of silly in itself. Um, whereas lickers are nightmare creatures. Yeah. So, also, the dogs. The dog. I mean, you don't see very many of them. It's just kind of when you're in the outside area. But um, Hunk sees a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, man. <laughs> dogs. Yeah, and again, that's where I don't think the animation on the dogs is quite there. They look a bit toy-like. I didn't let them get very close, so. Yeah, right. We talk about the audio before we move more into gameplay, though. Uh, so I remember reading quite early on. Uh, I think the DLC music of from the original game was uh was it a pre-order bonus or was it a, a, available to people who bought a new copy or something um or you could buy it for a, a relatively nominal fee which is what i did and i saw some people saying quite early on like oh yeah switch to the classic music it's so much better and i thought i really don't want to do that i want to give the 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 new version it's crack and uh, shisaku ichiyama who was credited on the original game is credited on this game, presumably for the original tunes, but there's also uh, Zenlan King, uh, Kang, sorry, who is uh, also credited on the Monster Hunter World and Iceborne uh, games. But as much as I tried, I tried for so long, I've played pretty much, uh, I played the entire of Leon's A game with the new music on, and then I switched to the 98 soundtrack. And I can't honestly tell you if it's just nostalgia, but I it, that was another thing, along with adjusting the black levels and the brightness and everything, turning on the original soundtrack kind of elevated my opinion of this game quite considerably. Um, I just think that there's there's a lot more of it. I mean, it's less subtle the way it comes in and out like this. The remake obviously has a more 
filmic type score that kind of comes in and out the the melodies are a bit more subtle they're a bit more kind of um in the background compared to the rather obvious uh stuff that that the original 1998 game had but uh yeah i just i can't help it i just prefer the 98 version and i'll probably be sticking to it now yeah i I, i'm with you there yeah yeah i so i didn't really have a preference music wise because i think that what was more effective to me were the large sections where there wasn't music i like the sound design a great deal you'll probably prefer the modern soundtrack then because there is a lot less music and what there is there is more is more in the background and also you don't have a nostalgia connection to the original yeah and and i mean maybe maybe that is why i i I just i I like that more um just because i i mean there there are definitely very distinct points usually in either uh tyrant encounters or like boss fights where there is very distinctive music and and i i don't think that the music is bad by any stretch but it for me it was a lot more tense when there isn't music and you're just kind Mm -hmm. of in an exploration section so you're listening for footsteps or you're listening for uh creatures moving across the ceiling or across the The irony is i play a lot of games yeah in this genre like that and i and i do enjoy that but uh Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason i I suppose i missed uh mr x's slightly dubsteppy uh, and I think maybe some of the boss themes in the 98 boss themes are a bit kind of mm. clanky, bit clunky, bit kind of 90s. But um, <laughs> but the actual like the, the music for the safe rooms and sure. stuff and, and, yeah. the, and the lobby, yeah. like it's kind of iconic. So mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel kind That's of fair. the same way. Like I liked the new music um, fine. It's as you say, it's more kind of in the background and and much more muted than the the older music, I guess, because the sound, as you say, the sound design is more important now than it it might have been in the original game. Um, but yeah, there's something about the original music that just sort of clicked with me in my brain. I tried multiple like playthroughs, switching them back and forwards, and doing things like switching the um, switching the costumes out for the more original costume design. So I had I had plenty <laughs> of playthroughs where I was like, I'm in full nineteen ninety eight mode here with like the original Leon's police <laughs> low outfit police. and stuff. No, not as bad as that. But oh, the okay. one where it's actually the the same as the outfit that he had yes, on instead with the big of shoulder the, pants. Yeah, basically. And Claire I think Claire has she's got the um the cut off jeans yes, that are red short. instead of the like the jean the regular yeah. jeans she's wearing. Mm-hmm. I mean it kind of just looked natural to me. Um, so I went, I went back and forwards. I didn't dislike any of it, but definitely the older stuff was more, just more iconic and more felt more in fitting with how I remember those environments. Yeah, I, I, I kind of found myself wishing that the, the new soundtrack took more cues from the original, because I think yeah. the original soundtrack, I prefer it as an, just as music to listen to, but... I don't think it really feels of a piece with what Resident Evil 2 is doing. Mm. So I kind of wish, I kind of like what the Final Fantasy VII remake is doing, where they've taken those classic tunes and and remastered them in a, you know, in a way that you know we've come to expect from a, a modern video game. I, uh, but they kind of didn't do that. There's a couple of examples of that. I think the the Birkin boss fights. They actually do keep some of that that original composition, but for most of it, it feels like a a, a sut like a they're going for that kind of subtle horror movie vibe. And I just think you know, 
embrace the B-movie origins of this series. <laughs> Go silly, and it's totally fine. Yeah, it just it feels like they've designed it so that you can get like the maximum jump scare effect when the yeah. liquor smashes through the glass at you or something. It's like so that there's not music playing over the back of it, ruining the the atmosphere or something. Well, how do we feel about how did they do with the the, the foley then then and the uh, the moment to moment audio design, weapons, zombie noises, environmental noises, and all that kind of things? Everyone happy with what they did here? I love I think, it. I, I think yeah. I've been pretty pretty uh, straightforward about that. I, I really enjoy uh, the 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 sounds and, and the foley work uh, from from especially in some of the quieter sections, but but just overall. Mm. Certainly got yeah. no uh, qualms that the uh, the gun noises are considerably more impactful than the ninety eight original, yeah. where there was a lot of <laughs> doof doof uh, and that kind of thing, uh, and things like the. The the transitioning from the different floor types back in ninety six and ninety eight were was really noticeable on a PS one era game where you'd be walking across marble or, or stone mm. and then carpet and grass and it would actually make that very unsubtle transition and that was uh, for the time that was that was really cool and uh, and something that still I think retains a certain amount of charm but yeah I think the the overall audio design here is pretty great there aren't too many like. What I really love in a game is something where there's a, a new monster noise that actually like really gets me, mm. like something like the clickers in The Last of Us. And obviously, yes, you've got the IV zombies that make a noise that's not a million miles from those, but some some just kind of they were the do you remember the space turkeys in Dead Space Two? They were yeah. the the noise they made was just like oh, really got me I going. Play Dead Space Two again. <laughs> yeah, you should. I need and to go back to that one as it's well. Just, <laughs> There's nothing that's quite as 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 effective and and like the 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 sort of the surround or binaural design is spot on, so you always know where everything exactly everything is, and that's all great. But there's nothing. There's no kind of sounds that were like, oh wow, like that that one really blew me away. But everything's like top top notch. This is very specific, um, and it's not a monster noise, but I really liked uh, how they. The, the noises for walking on the hardwood floors because like the creaks that they make and just like the, I, and this is supposed to be a pretty old building. It was a, you know, it was an art museum before it was this station. And I, I, I mentioned before the, uh, the tyrant footsteps and, and how you can hear those. And most often I think you hear those as like, the creaking of the floorboards and, and mm. you you also hear that to a lesser degree with your character and i i don't know just that specific thing i really thought was well done mm. i think my favorite difference between the uh the new one compared to the original was just how much more sort of horrifying the zombies sound like the screaming and stuff yeah. the noises Squishy. that they make compared to just, I mean, I, I think of all of those old Resident Evil games, and I, I end up just kind of lumping everything together because they all sound fairly similar. But there's there's the very, very recognisable noise, as you're saying, the running. And you go into a room and you just stand still for a few seconds and you can tell if there's a zombie in there because you hear the shuffling. And then a few seconds later, there's a moan. Or you can tell if there's dogs there because of the clicking feet noises and that sort of thing. And the guns, the pistol with the pop, 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 and the... the um like the shell casings uh, pinging off the floor, they're all so like in, ingrained in my head as like, the, this is the, the background noise of Resident Evil. But I never really, I mean, you can tell when you go into a room in this, if there's enemies in there, because they immediately start making noise, but it's not to that point where 
you can tell from the shuffling feet noise like oh there's probably like three zombies over on the other side that i can't see this one it's much more just kind of everything sort of bleeds into itself and there's a lot of a lot more sort of background noise and things like you often hear the wind whipping and you know broken windows and stuff and crunching noises that sort of thing that it kind of dulls it which i appreciate it a lot because it makes the game it kind of doesn't give its tricks away until it's until you've actually seen them just the the regular zombies sound so much more kind of angry and sort of in pain and stuff and some of the noises are really quite harrowing mm-hmm. um even before you start like shooting them and then the the head popping noise is really satisfying yeah squelchy uh just concluding the audio chat with pecan pie never have footsteps been so fear inducing hearing the tyrants muffled feet rapidly approaching instantly elevated my heart rate then i would hear the thump of a door swinging open and the footsteps were not muffled anymore but clear and crisp and the of the theme song would kick in i would frantically look for a way out and the dread of not seeing an exit route as the footsteps got louder and closer induced all sorts of hormones from my fight or flight system to bump pump through my body i was impressed with how much the sounds in the game shaped my play and by how much they terrified me. So yes, you have three difficulty selections. Sometimes Resident Evil games have one or two. Sometimes they have none. Sometimes they have several. In this case, because it's a 2019 game, we've got a standard one, which I think the game is probably chiefly balanced for. We've got an assisted one, which is uh, interestingly named, but I think it's, uh, I haven't tried it, but I think it's got as heavy on the auto aim, probably yeah. more, more generous on the. It on is stuff. very assisted. The he- the, um, the gun just snaps straight to the, uh, the right. zombies' heads okay. when you, you pull the trigger. And it also has. Not even just the heads. Like when you're fighting things, I, I did this on my first run through. Uh, sure. When you're fighting things like the, uh, the, the plant monsters, it will snap to their weak points, oh, which wow. are not okay. their heads. Yeah, so it uh, it's, it's like story very mode. assisted. So yes. you won't waste ammo, basically. No. Yeah. It okay. also has a super um, like health regenerating system where I think if you get down um, below like yellow health, mm-hmm. it will slowly um, recover on its own. Okay. So I did one of the speedrun playthroughs that I did also was um, not using the item box and not healing. And I did it on assisted because okay. you can yeah. you can get damaged <laughs> and you will always just slowly recover yourself back up oh, wow. to okay. caution. So that so is yeah, the, it's, it's real easy. The that is the one. everyone can see the end of the game mode, which Basically, is cool. Yeah. Great stuff. That's standard. Yep. Uh, you don't need ink ribbons, which is obviously a major change compared to a lot of previous Resi games, but not all of them because they did away with ink ribbons for four. Four, wasn't it? Everything yeah. up to four, I think, mm-hmm. had them. But they are back on hardcore if you want to play it properly <laughs> uh, for the purists the hardcore mode and i assume it's also a bit a bit harder on the damage and uh yeah. items and stuff as well there's a lot of seven also did a hardcore with yeah where you on there the... is it madness oh, right. or madhouse difficulty yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. right you're right and i would say standard uh has a yeah pretty tight balance of ammo for for most players for your first run through anyway mm. but uh, a lot of health pretty generous with the health mm. compared to previous games in the series it is actually worth uh noting that uh, resident evil 2 remake has the ai assisted difficulty that resident evil 4 has yeah so the health packs and ammo will oh. change up depending on how well you're playing yeah i didn't realize that it's slightly different in the sense that of course items are in rooms and you pick them up yeah. from the room so there's none of your resident evil 4 5 style 
uh, taking people out and then collecting the things they drop and the things they drop being the you know the loot being uh tailored for the player's situation mm-hmm. mm. uh but a lot of the items right are locked in aren't they so if you go into the room with all the safes in the electronic safes like those yeah. items are absolutely like they will be the same every playthrough uh, yep. They change across difficulties. One of the things that really right. um, I found mu- made the hardcore difficulty much more difficult was they don't have all of the um, whatever the item expansion packs are that um, hip, increase hip, your inventory. Hip, uh, hip, hip yeah. yeah, I think there's six of them. There's yes. either five or six in the normal game. You can double and... your inventory. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it goes up to twenty in the end. It's quite you get right. quite a lot. But on hardcore, I want to say there's only three. And one of them you don't get until you're in the um, the lab section at the end. So yeah. you, you've got a far reduced inventory for the entirety yeah. of that, especially because you're also trying to collect ink ribbons. In the I original games, significantly you, maybe more got, so. you maybe got one uh, inventory enhancement uh, rather than several. Again, it's uh, yeah, talking about yeah. the quality of life improvements, things like that. Uh, so even though they, did, they elected not to put a, a dodge or a melee in, they did put the ability to incre- increase your your inventory could quite substantially. They took out the ink ribbons on normal difficulties. The map, the yeah. map. The is... number one thing that I would yeah. say really boosted my enjoyment of this game, and yes. I think I, I not having played the first one, but it was the map. I am very big on good maps because i check them a lot if somebody were watching me play this game they would get frustrated with the number of times that i check my map but i i and this this even goes further than i i would have expected because you if you see an item but don't pick it up it will then be on your map so you can go back and get that later Mm. uh which is really nice i i didn't even need that much i just really enjoy that you uh, that it does and, and i think actually if i'm not mistaken the original game did this as well um that it will change the color of the room once you have gotten everything right. there is to get in that yeah. room mm-hmm. yeah. um, so i really like that i really like just being able to it just, it's a very good map <laughs> I, I i don't know really how to quantify it better than that but yeah i that was my uh my my favorite thing i think about the uh the quality of life stuff I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I will say in my one of my few complaints about this game is there is one point at I think it's at the beginning of the B side campaign where there is an item which is essentially a quest item that doesn't exist in the A side and it doesn't show up on the map because mm. it's technically a file instead of a an actual uh, item. Right. It's when the um the statues have all been destroyed and you're trying to find the codes to um to get the things out of the statues and in the b campaign i think you can't see the logos on them so easily like a lot of them are kind of blasted off and yep. the notebook that you normally get in the first campaign that shows you one of them yeah it's got a page missing and mm-hmm. in the b side you have to find the page that's right but because it technically counts as a file, not an item, it doesn't show up on the map. Okay. So the room Ooh. can be marked as being cleared, as even if you haven't you. found that item. Mm. So it's kind of a bit of a cheeky catfishing that it does to you, which, <laughs> yeah, I remember Dares on the Slack channel getting annoyed with it. Oh, um, luckily, I didn't miss that. So mm. Yeah, I, that guess I, I guess I didn't either, because I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. Getting about the place. So, Leah, you've mentioned the fact that uh, they're not, 
exactly the most fleet of foot. So no, and and I think this is where although there isn't stamina, and I do appreciate that you can oh, run, yeah, you can yeah. run as much as you want. It's just yes. that you're not running super fast. There is no real sprint. And yeah, I think this is where this is the thing Capcom have kind of been and other developers have been wrestling with for some time now. So obviously, famously in the early games, we had locked cameras and tank controls and no ability to move and fire at the same time. And a lot of apologists or fans um, swore (laughs) by the fact that that was all that stuff was absolutely integral and completely necessary for these games to be what they are. And maybe it's true that though, I mean, it is true in a way, those games were what they are, what they were because of those call them limitations or design design decisions. But now modern players expect different things like the ability to actually walk around a bit while you're shooting and run about as well uh, without just and with it with it not just being a simple case of um being uh, locked to uh yeah uh rotate and point and, and run or anything like that and have camera controls and all that kind of stuff but how do you balance that with making a scary game um and I think it's been proved by a huge number of titles now that it's completely possible from Dead Space to The Evil Within. We've mentioned a lot of them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the controls here might, again, this is another area where I went through a bit of a a bit of a journey because when I first started playing it, I did feel it felt to me for all of the enormous level design issues of, of Resident Evil 6, it felt like I was playing that game again. Like it, the actual feel of controlling the characters it was like i'm controlling leon in resi 6 again and i think that put me off quite considerably um and i was thinking well the level design the map design the the puzzles are all infinitely more interesting to me than they were in resident evil 6 but it still feels like i'm playing resident evil 6 now we had some correspondence uh our friend camille who thinks that the the interaction the character control and the combat in resi 6 was like absolutely top notch and that was absolutely not the thing wrong with the game and i certainly don't think it was the biggest problem but it always felt a bit feathery and a bit paper light to me and i was a bit concerned that this felt the same way but again weirdly over time the more i played it the more comfortable i got with it and i made peace again with the fact that it was neither it wasn't quite the same as resi 6 and nor was it the same as resi 4 which i did as i say i did feel like i missed the kick stagger and uh, or, you know pop stagger and kick stuff from that game for a while but you have to accept that they've gone for a different different thing here with a different this solution. is a leon who hasn't done enough training yet he's a rookie um so yeah. no no taekwondo or whatever yeah exactly i kind of feel that to me this fits into a slot that's somewhere between the original tank controls and somewhere between the over the shoulder four five six and it falls into a place that I'm quite happy with it. Like I've always been one of the people who says, "Ah, oh, the tank controls and the, you know, fixed aiming and all this stuff. Like it's, yeah, sure. It's kind of nonsense uh, for a game, but limitations and all that. And it does genuinely make things scarier as far as I'm concerned. To... Well, the games are tuned for that in the early, in the early yeah. entries. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what I said earlier about you can yeah. go into a room that you can only see a fraction of, but you can still hear that there's going to be stuff in there. That's kind of interesting. But I think for me, this kind of falls into a good, like a a comfortable spot between what felt janky about those and what feels a little bit sort of overly ridiculous about 
the the increasingly action games like for me they just kind of end up getting a bit too easy with the ridiculous over the shoulder like movement and doing the little uh, quick time events and stuff like they never felt like they retained that um element of horror of you kind of standing there with like three zombies kind of moving closer to you and it is easier that you can see things and that you have a better control over things but then on the other hand some of those enemies are absolute bullet sponges and i think that some of it is a bit um uh rng based like the heads pop off with uh, like a critical hit percentage, which I think gets higher from yeah. weapon to weapon to weapon. So, yeah, I mean, you can nail one zombie in the head like, you know, 14 times with the pistol before its head comes off. Or like, you know, the Or sometimes Magnum once and it just explodes. Always There's always been it. a yeah. variation in it. It's true. This is true to the original <clears throat> game. Mm, but <clears throat> I, think, I think that balances out with the um, more enemies, faster enemies, enemies that can travel between rooms, the zombies and stuff will break break through doorways and come after you you've got the the tyrant chasing you all the time the there's a there's a weird kind of balance between uh the lickers are technically very very difficult to fight off but at the same time you can just sort of slow yourself way down and walk past them without them noticing yeah. you if you don't touch they're them. blind yeah they don't so have that's, eyes there's kind of like a weird double double side of certain things which are made easier by the the controls and the the movement and the the on the fly shooting, but I think that they crank up the difficulty in other ways well mm. enough to find a, a really nice balance point for me. Like the real, really the only movement based thing that I have a major issue with is the slow run. <laughs> like, yeah. run, just run. <laughs> See, for me, like, and I, I'm going to have to retract something I said in the uh, end of year 2019 conversation. It's okay, we can, um, we, got we can have changing opinions. <laughs> no, but um, McKeel will be I, very happy to hear about this. <laughs> uh, we, me and McKeel have hashed this out already. It's fine. I, I basically said this game has RE4, RE4's controls, which is not accurate. No. What I should have said... I mean, you're was not completely that, wrong. No, uh, but th- this is what I was trying to convey, was that to me, this felt more like RE4 than any Resident Evil game I had played since, well, 5. I was about yeah, to yeah. say 4, but yeah. 5. Yeah, I would and, agree with that. And the changes that they've made feel like just smart modernizations mm. of something, you know, as much... Like, I love Resident Evil 4. I probably, you know, it's probably up there with my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Its controls are a little bit antiquated. And I think if RE2 controlled exactly the same as that, people would rightly question it. Yes. And, but just something something about the way Leon was holding his gun when I took control of this game, that, that, that familiar pose that he had, his run animation, mm. um, and then... Even though you can move and shoot, the the fact that you know just stopping makes your your pistol shots much more precise. It felt like man, this felt like it had the rhythm of RE4 again. And mm. yes, you can't you know do wrestling moves and taekwondo <laughs> kicks and stuff, but it felt right because Le- this is Leon's first adventure, yeah. and he's up against a foe where those tactics may not have been. Uh, as effective zombies are actually you know based on you know uh, leon's experience in hurry four and his experience here 
zombies are considerably more durable and <laughs> and more threatening than the ganados it's are true. even though the ganados are more intelligent um yeah and i i i love the way this game controls and feels um i i think it feels to me it feels like a greatest hits collection mm. of the resident evil series as a whole i don't think it's doing anything new or anything exciting or different but it's a collection of mechanics that I've grown to love, and they're all—they've all come together here in a package that I—I I adore. Uh, MJ Leatham from the forum says, "My biggest issue overall was the zombies. I found that they seem to have adamantium skulls, as nailing them in the head five or six times with the pistol often only succeeded in giving them a face peel, making them look like they had face planted a trough of jam, but wouldn't necessarily stop them from trying to take a chunk out of your neck." This issue disappeared, however, when Leon gots, uh, gets his upgraded shotgun. Any favourite uh, techniques and weapons? I, I think one of the things that has made certainly 4 so durable and, and popular as a, as a game to replay and uh, stream and speedrun and whatever else is uh, the amount of kind of options of, of uh, tactics and strategies that you can take into scenes and and it was only it was this part of the game that i i feared for a long time was sadly lacking but then the more i played it the more i realized actually there is there is quite a lot of stuff in there with the knives now destructible knives and using different weapons in different situations and uh it feels like you obviously the thing about the the original fixed uh camera angle games was that swerving in between them was a bit of an art and a skill but the corridors were very narrow. Now the corridors generally average much wider with some tight room exceptions. But the zombie lunge is now this huge great thing, like several feet they'll kind of yeah, lurch they, they towards. They get some it. momentum on them. They do, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so um, playing today, for instance, uh, I, did, I was actually looking up the penultimate boss for Claire's second run campaign. And just because I was struggling with it. I, I I mean, it was like literally three or four deaths. Um, I just thought, mm, this is going to be a bit tight. Uh, but yeah, I just practiced and got better and did it. Then I stumbled across while I was reading that about um, a piece about the Claire's final boss, um, not the final boss on the train, but the final boss when you're trying to get the uh, the train moving. Is the uh, eyeball. The eye, yeah. Thing. Uh, and and it turns out that actually, so you, you're given a chain gun, a mini gun, right before it. So you think I'm going to shoot this thing with my chain gun, um, but it turns out that actually, it's if you've got enough health and knives left over, it's actually much much quicker, and you're on the time limit as well to go up to it super close and knife it. Uh, and this is exactly the kind of thing that it rewards experimentation, and uh, and people are discovering, you know, that actually it's not always the obvious answer. The extra bonus for that is that killing that one with your knife means that you've got the chain gun left for the final boss that's eaten up the train, and uh, it makes it really, really easy. So uh, another little change for the first time ever, I think, uh, with the herbs and healings, you get a buff um, when you mm. take a, a red, green, blue herb combo. It makes you immune to poison for a bit, uh, and you can also now combine red and blue herbs which is also also gives you that same yeah same buff where without even you don't even need to take the green herb for health you can just take the the 
the red what and actually blue causes poisoning? Because in the the <laughs> the thing that I or in the uh, run through that I just did, I never actually ran into it. So yeah. uh, uh, there's a it's the there's a G lot of blue adults herbs. in the sewers. Oh, when they okay. they do a grab attack on you, where they like lift you up and puke on your face. Yeah. Totally. I think that's that the sense. only thing that poisons you. That makes Except sense. Except in yeah, I think that's true. There's the uh, the the purple eyed monsters in the extra game stuff. Uh, yeah, survivors, which do uh, when when you kill them, they explode in a cloud of poison. Yeah, and when you're poisoned, um, it not only like slowly drains your health, but it also yeah. you like stagger every few seconds and, and do like coughing and an, an animation. You I guess it's shoot. their yeah. I mean, I suppose it's their flip side to. I believe they've taken out. You know, in the all the early games, you'd have different movement speeds for the diff- the three different types of damage, mm. whether you were fine or caution or, or danger. And I think they've pretty much removed that from this. I don't really? think you still I have that thing where... No, when you're in... you... Yeah, it it's... does still slow you down. It's just not as significant, I think. Like in, it's really, really bad it's... in the originals when you're on yeah, danger. You're like dragging a leg behind oh, you God, and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess the, the poison, like coughing into your hand state, kind of, it's as bad as being in like the old school kind of danger hell yeah but... and normal difficulty level at least gives you a lot of anti-poison material yeah, much more than the game along, would ever need yeah along your mm. path a lot yeah yeah interesting um there there are certain signs as much as it's a, a a polished package i think there are a few things that sort of make you think maybe it was a bit rushed towards the end there are certain sort of little elements i think maybe that yeah, maybe they took those spiders that poison you out like oh, yeah. way later on than they put all the That's blue herbs in there. Yeah, it could be. Spiders. Cardboard Cowboy says the bosses are challenging if formulaic, still sticking a little too close to the standard Resident Evil trope of see giant eye, shoot giant eye, but still providing ample difficulty for even seasoned players. However, it is strange that actually one of the best weapons for taking down bosses in the game is the lowly combat knife. At least the first two of three iterations of William Birkin can be sent packing with several swipes to protruding peepers. This is not applicable to all bosses, though, and later versions of Tyrant or G. Birkin will make short work of anyone attempting a stabby finish. That's what I totally forgot I read that last night when I was putting this together when I read <laughs> the other thing today. But uh, but actually, the my findings make a uh, have different findings as regards to the, the final uh, Birkin, but um, you do need a lot of help actually do that one other thing on the bosses the zombie alligator sequence was almost cut from the game but the studio decided to leave it in due to its popularity among fans of the original but it is reduced to a crash bandicoot style (laughs) (laughs) run towards the camera uh, followed by one gunshot uh, which does make sense now that i know that it was almost cut Uh, stopping you along the way as you go in the traditional fashion a few puzzles what i will say about this game is uh, no QTEs whatsoever. Is that? Uh, I don't think so. I yeah, don't, I don't remember any. Well, unless you kind of count the shooting the crocodile or the alligator yeah, nah. um, thing before it breaks through. No, that you, you're still in live proper gameplay there, and there's a couple of holding a button to lift up a th- push a thing or lift up a thing, but I don't. Yeah, I don't count that. There's no QTEs. Even Resi Four, my beloved Resi Four, has oh, the. It was- uh, it was the, just loads. lousy the knife, with them. Yeah. Yes, the knife fight with Krauser being a particular sticking point. So yay for that. Well done, <laughs> development team. But other, outside of that, we've also got the uh, the traditional n- 
entertaining nonsense of um, working out how they ran this police station while keeping <laughs> keys to certain computers uh, locked in the bell tower, for instance, or, you know, and so on and so on and so forth. All the absurdity of Brian every day needed to go into his office, probably having to uh, jump through several hoops of go and get that key out of a the statue. picture every single time. Yeah, it. exactly. All that kind of stuff. Mm. And um, God forbid you'd be the, the guy with the desk underneath the sliding statue that you <laughs> yeah. need to get three coins out of completely different places, one of which is locked is inside a cell. <laughs> Silliness aside, I found that the puzzles actually struck a really good balance to me of being interesting enough that I didn't get bored with them, but also not being obscure enough that I got frustrated. I I I was pretty good with uh how if I if I were to stop like I I I didn't get stuck is what I'll say yeah 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 mm-hmm. it doesn't want you to get stuck it just wants you to right. pause uh like the you say you got some some of the old uh, flicking the switches to get the right level of power you've got the uh, juggling the liquid to get the right level of mm-hmm. liquid mm-hmm. Uh, the Batman style get your amplitude right or whatever it is to power up an area all that kind of stuff but i enjoyed I, I had no problem with any of it i can see where it might have been too easy for some fans of of some of the more traditional traditional resident evils but i for me i i thought it was a good a good level. yeah i i mean they're they're not they're not there to like this isn't a puzzle game so it doesn't right. make sense that it you'd be properly stuck like you would in a babber as you or a witness it's just it's it's a pacing thing it's just so mm-hmm. that when the scary stuff happens it's more scary rather than just being overwhelmed and then eventually numb to it having that break um from the zombies and the liquors to solve this puzzle with chess pieces weirdly in the sewer <laughs> oh, yeah. like why why is that but just don't question it it's it's fun it's a good distraction and also it's really important to have stuff that you need to cross the map for because yeah. if, if there's one thing you know we've, we've talked about the combat and the graphics and the sound and all that but actually what you spend most of your time in resident evil 2 doing as you did in the original is kind of weaving your way around this slightly labyrinthine area well actually a sequence of areas first the police station uh, then a facility then the sewers then the nest lab and there's got to be stuff that keeps you guessing about going back through and finding the best paths and unlocking the doors and that's the stuff which actually i think is as much as equally equal to the zombie shooting and the scary stuff is the stuff that really kind of makes your brain kind of oh just i'll just get this Mm-hmm. piece over to this part of the map and then oh and now that's unlocked that the i suppose yeah oh but we, now i have the combination for this thing so what if i go over here oh yeah. but that gives me the piece to go yep i yeah mm. i i very much had a just one more section thing sure. with this game and the and that sort of thing where you steal yourself up i don't know you know maybe it's just me and i, I I'm, I'm it's weird i'm not scared by these games but i get anxious uh mm-hmm. that's my thing and it's my my thing mm-hmm. in life generally so it's that it's... it kind of makes sense but it's a nice focused anxious but it's the steal myself right what do i need to take what's going to pop out this time that hasn't popped out before which rooms haven't i cleared and uh, and then the game of course inevitably throws a few surprises so you can trigger some more enemies spawning in a certain area by doing a certain thing and there's that sort of delicious a real risk reward you know it's yeah. i mean it's that same dark souls thing of like how far can you push this 
knowing that if you die and have to restart a checkpoint, you're going to lose X amount of progress in it. I think, I mean, it's it's not the game's fault at all, but I think the, the worst point that I found of it was, I can't remember if it was my first playthrough or one of the um, second or third, but it was at some point in the return to the police station, I figured out like quite a nice long route that would get me through various rooms and kind of go round the majority of the item collecting things in that um, that section coming back through the clock tower and and doing a big loop and for whatever reason something was going wrong with um my xbox one x at the time like it was starting to corrupt and it was stopping no. recognizing like cloud saves and i would do that section get back to the point where i started and it wouldn't let me save the game mm. um, and i did it about three times and it continually just stopped working and the in the end the cloud save just completely broken out to um had to send the xbox off to get repaired but i think that was it was doing that section knowing right i've got like 15 minute long run here and i might get back and find out that even if i'm successful like all of this progress is just useless and that was the point of that walking along like a narrow edge in dark souls where like your palms start to feel kind of sweaty um of i'm gonna just have had this this last x amount of time just completely wasted yeah that's what all the fear is always about for me it's mm, like absolutely. it's not the being mold or eviscerated <laughs> it's the you're not dying you're just sitting on your couch like yeah. you're not leon but god forbid well, you have I to spend 15 am. minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay fine <laughs> uh, also like dark souls though you uh you open up these uh shortcuts so that you can traverse kind of where you're going more easily yeah and, and the that... little loops that is satisfying to me as well. Like, mm. you know, you you go all of this distance to find a key that will open up another door that will let you get back to where you were more quickly. And yeah. I, I well, honestly, that. going back to the 98 game and, and the, the games around it for the show, that was the stuff that yeah. really had aged the best for me, like better mm -hmm. than the uh, as much as the there was a lot of nostalgia for the audio visual side of things, the combat really in those games is incredibly basic and you know perfunctory and now this game obviously has more you, know, you actually have to move around and aim your cursor and stuff mm -hmm. like that compared to the originals but the that that absolute core moment to moment of get the thing go to the place is it was the yeah it's the stuff that for me that keeps those games still worth revisiting even uh, after 20 25 years or whatever <laughs> i think that's one of the reasons that i've always liked these more like more traditional style horror games compared to the um where they went with like four five and six because although this sort of is linear like you're still doing the same progress of events it's not like an open world game yeah but it still feels like you've got so many different options and pathways yeah. and alternatives that you can take compared to i think i mean you might argue with four being having an element of that to it as well but to me that felt much more like you're going from point to point to point to point and it would yeah. it would be more like you drawing a spiral yeah. rather than you drawing like a big mm, diagram sure. you know like an electrical circuit that you're going backwards and forwards through yeah four was more about i mean it was more about optimizing your combat than optimizing your path through the game whereas yeah the the um the speedrunners you know this is where the this feeds into the the potential you know compulsion or addiction to to speed running this game mm. is the thought of 
doing yeah, your, how, how, yeah, how, how much can you shave time off, and motion like, study basically yeah. yeah i've never really thought about the idea of doing speed runs on a game like resident evil 4 or mm. something like the last of us where it's like well you have to check all of these boxes along the way whereas this you can you know really like there's a huge risk reward to you know how much ammo am i going to pack into my inventory mm. to mean that you know if i don't take this extra lot of shotgun shells or i don't you know, I go through this entire playthrough and don't take the Uzi, then I'll have more inventory space so that I can take more keys with me so that I only have to do one convoluted run around this area to get everything I need rather than back and forth to the item box. Like that appeals to me in a way that quickly, um, you know, running through linear levels is, uh, I don't really quite get the appeal of that. Although I'm sure that there's also a very, very strong you know, compulsion it's a different for that skill as well. set uh, rather yeah, than a, I guess a so. mindset it's you're, you're exercising mm. different parts of your body and brain i suppose yeah to me this entire game feels like one huge puzzle rather than you know a section of the little ones that it also is yeah what did uh what did you all make of ada's sequence with the uh with the device that was apparently invented in 1998 <laughs> the way you can see through walls oh. and hack things <laughs> That's it's new. pretty weak. It, I can't really remember how the original Ada sequence went. Like it was more linear from what yeah, it was I just a bit had of, in my head. Like so, yeah, it was like a linear you, chunk of playing. You go and find one of the keys, right? I remember, remember the sherry one definitely being. You go through like a few areas, find a key, then come back and throw it through a vent to Claire or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was. In, I mean, it's an area that you don't normally see. It had. That um, the section towards the end of that, when you're in the furnace and the furnace is starting to light, and you're kind of finding all of the things on the on the wall to turn them off in a certain order, that was kind of heart pumping in the very good way. Got me once, no, and I... then didn't get me again. Like, yeah, I just found it more awkward than mm. uh, tense. Really, um, I, I, the whole sci-fi. Lock pick universal lock picking device that she has was I don't know it felt like a bit of a a crutch to try and make her her section feel palpably different but it's not it's not really that fun to use and it's like it how is it you know purely mechanically how is it different from just having a key or anything like that um, Josh and you can see su- through walls. You can <laughs> see. You can make fans spin faster. She's yeah. so cool. You don't understand. I, I like. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Ada is cool. I like Ada quite a bit. I like her I once just... she stopped being cool. If you know what I mean. Like once she's <laughs> yeah. taken the cl- coat and the glasses off. Oh, you're uh, an Ada. Yeah. You're an Ada hipster. I see. Yeah, and she actually <laughs> looks like a, a proper Asian East Asian woman now as well, mm. which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, the furnace bit in particular, it just felt really gimmicky and and silly, and I, I think I would have much preferred uh, something closer to the original, where it's just, hey, try out this new character for a while, same mechanics, same systems, um, stripping away some of the inventory so you so you feel fragile again. I think that would have that would have worked, but this kind of gimmicky puzzle mechanic felt a little bit silly. Mm. Nick Fontana mm. says, in terms of story, I played 
Claire A, Leon B. And between the two, I found myself drawn a lot more to Claire's story than Leon's, which I was surprised by. I feel like Claire's story hits more emotional beats due to the dynamic between Claire and Sherry, as is aided uh, and is aided by the performance of Claire's voice actress, Stephanie Panicello. You could feel the desperation within Claire as she tries to do the right thing and get this little girl to safety no matter what, not to mention the terrifying section where you play as Sherry herself. Leon's story, on the other hand, felt a bit flat. It was still fun to play, but not quite as compelling, in my opinion. That being said, the true ending cutscene and the 90s grunge metal-like ending song felt oddly fitting for Leon's campaign. Uh, MJ Leatham says, If I had to level some criticism at it, then it would be that the second character's stories didn't seem to cross over as much as the original, and that the second scenarios didn't differ all that much from the first. I think that's true, and there's it's not only that, but there's some wild inconsistencies and illogicality, illogicalities, which I'm not sure if they were there in the first game. It's possible, but that we forgive forgave them more because of the limitations and the the tech back then. But there is there are certain things situations mm. here that just don't make sense with both characters yeah. supposedly coexisting. Mm. Yeah, I the the original game is much better at having. Uh, specific boss battles for each run right so um there's an encounter both in this game both storylines have this but the encounter with birkin where he's swinging that metal pipe around that only happens in one run in the original whereas here you there are several um uh, birkin encounters that everyone has uh, both claire and leon have and there's only like a couple that are run specific um and i felt i did miss that because i think the the original had much more cohesion it felt like these two stories actually do fit together and and it does make sense that these events are happening um uh, alongside each other whereas in this game it's like you have to come up with some <laughs> made you know make up the connections or just just forgive it forgive the fact that th- this story sequence is happening twice despite the fact that it's alluding to the f- uh, to the fact that these stories are happening together yeah female pheromones yeah. from the forum says as a big fan of the original resident evil 2 i always loved that you had to play both a and b scenarios to get the full scope of the story you would fight birkin once and then the next time he looks massively different and it isn't explained until you play through the b scenario and realise the second character actually fought him in between those original fights, and you see him change forms. This was a great way of making the game, uh, making a game, and I really expected the remake to stick to this, and they didn't. Both A and B, first and second in this one, characters have the exact same first three fights with Birkin, with the only difference being the B character being the only one to fight G4 and G5, while the A character has the final fight with the tyrant. Also in A... When you first meet the other character by the gate after sneaking around the police station for what seems like ages, I was excited to see what the other player got up to during this time in the B scenario. But it doesn't happen. In B, you get to the police station right in 30 seconds, but the other character has already been there an hour. I genuinely felt robbed this first time. Next, we have Birkin killing the tyrant. This would have been quite impactful and given you a new level of fear for Birkin had they not shown it in the first trailer. But even then, it makes no sense when the tyrant had already shown up for Leon in the lab. A similar thing happens with Annette. I'm pretty sure she dies in every scenario. How does that make sense? Another thing that was good in the original was that Leon and Claire would cross paths multiple times 
but in this one, after the intro, they meet up once at the gate and then again at the end. It really makes it hard to believe they care about each other that much in the final cutscene when they've had next to no interaction. MJ Lethem says, This is easily my game of 2019. It managed to grab my 1998 feelings of nostalgia and pull them willingly into 2019 and quickly became my all-time favourite Resident Evil game. It seems like the gift that keeps on giving by making speedrunning fun due to unlockables, weapons and modes, as well as the available concept art and character models to collect. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it allows you to have the original 1998 soundtrack, which is one of my favourites. And Cardboard Cowboy says, The game has fantastic replay value, with variety of unlockable infinite weapons available for those with the skills and patience to master the hardcore mode, the beloved Hunk and Tofu minigames making a comeback, the enjoyable Ghost Survivors, free DLC, although I agree with other forum users that there isn't enough difference between the A and B scenarios this time around. Arguably my favourite bit of DLC was simply the ability to switch the soundtrack back to the original game. I truly love running around the new RPD with the old eerie music echoing around the old halls. Some other unlocks. One of Claire's alternate costumes is Elsa Walker's bike suit. Elsa Walker, of course, as we talked about in our Resident Evil 2 podcast, was the original character that was going to be alongside uh, Leon. I think was it Leon as well? But anyway, she was the original female character from the game that is now known as Resident Evil 1.5, the scrapped version. Uh, yes, for Survivor, which is a kind of uh, white knuckle, full on assault uh, run through a section of the game as a gas masked operative mercenary. Um, you get all you're going to be given from the start, I believe. All you get a bunch of health and ammo and weapons, and you just got to make it last and get to the end. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's cool. Like, and these are this fourth survivor and tofu are big holdovers from the original. And yep. I watched um, I watched YouTube videos of both of them on the original game earlier, and they are shockingly similar in the original as to how they redid them here. Um, but they're just they're just like hard challenges. I can't remember how you unlock Hunk. I think it's after you've done both of the uh, side one side. Just two get the of true ending. The original, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, and then Tofu unlocks if you can beat Hunk. I liked this, even though it's ridiculous, because I, I crawled through the Hunt campaign. I mean, it, there are so many enemies, and it starts you off in a horrible position in the sewer, basically just tells you to get back to the like the front doors of the police station. But kind of things are blocked off, like certain stairwells are blocked in ways that you have to... You really have to think on your feet of like, oh, this was the way that I've played through this now a couple of times. I'm going to go this way through the you know, through the sewers and up into the police station. And then you realize actually, no, you're going to end up having to go around the back way. And overall, it takes you through basically the entirety of the, the sewer map and then the, and then the police station map afterwards. Um, And I got to the very end of it with literally nothing left in my inventory at all. And on health that would have been pretty much one hit away. So I was kind of crawling up these stairs at the very end, like hoping there wasn't going to be another zombie or like Mr. X suddenly pop out at the end. Um, and then Tofu is just ridiculous. It's basically the same thing, except all you get is knives. And they're not, they're clearly not designed for you to actually use them as knives. They're supposed to be used just as a, you know, the um, survival item when the zombie grabs you, just knife them and then push them away. And I could not get through that. That was so difficult. Yes. Um, and then the Ghost Survivors, which was a free DLC, is essentially just three more of those campaigns with 
different um characters from the game yeah all of which are i mean one of them is the the is it the mayor's daughter who's killed by the police chief one of them is the gun shop guy and i think another one the other one is another member of like hunk's squad umbrella squad right. from the sewers yeah um and they're all they're basically the same sort of deal of you just run through this really challenging section except by the time that they released the ghost survivors they'd also introduced these new zombie types that we talked about earlier the the um purple-eyed ones and the stretchy white dudes and the ones with like stupid pieces of armor dotted all over their bodies mm. so kind of made it even more difficult and i couldn't get through any of those on like the regular difficulty but they added a training difficulty which gives you tons of items in your inventory so yeah. i managed to do them all on that but not the kind of the sparse resources that they yeah. expect you to well there's leaderboards and replay factor for those who are into that kind of gaming but uh but there it is it's there in summation magical isopod says the gameplay loop here feels great and r-e-k no what did i call it <laughs> and resident evil 2 2019 does a fantastic job of combining the choreographed horror and exploration of the old resident evil games with the tight action gameplay of re4 massive kudos to the creators of this remake for really studying the original and elaborating upon it it's an outstanding work of action horror but both it and the 1998 original sort of lack the somber contemplation of what i like in horror don't take my reception to be mixed, not at all. The game is fantastic, but it's kind of like going to the ice cream shop for a very specific flavour, only to find it's out of stock. Nupraptor says, This game gave me the same feeling to play as the original did back in the day and brought bang up to modern standards. Thanks, contributors. That's a weird way of emphasising that. <laughs> but we also have, from Twitter... People who tried to sum up this game in just three words. Uh, we've got loads. We didn't include them all because there's loads, but here are some. Uh, Neil Hood says they remade it. Bearfish Pie says lick a new paint. Other Black 39 says itchier, scratchier, tastier. Pecan Pie says slicker, quicker, liquor. Adam Capone says needs more ammo. And R2 says second run lacking. Saron Something says, Childhood Trauma Resurfaced. Gareth Cutliffe says, The X Factor. Mark Hoogland says, Thud, Thud, Thud. Left Behind Game Club says, X Gone Give It. Ooh. Uh, Connor Hawk says, Big Bad Fedora. John Cheatham says, Board the Windows. Uh, Christopher Love says, Shoot the Legs. Richard Murphy says, Juicy Burger Physics. Matt McSherry says, The Jaw Scene. Nix Fontana says, I'm sorry, Marvin. Uh, Cornelia Smith says, Birkin Needs Monocle. Porg of Prophecy says, Aye, aye, Birkin. Andrew Elmore says, Game Design Masterwork. And Gavin McMahon says, Rinsed to Death. Thank you, everybody. Hmm, not sure about this. Summarising time. Haven't really got an order in mind. I thought it was definitely going to be me first, but um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, Leah, how about you go first? Is that okay? Sure. Uh, yeah, I I I really liked 
the Resident Evil 2 remake, I don't have the nostalgia factor that uh, kind of everybody else on, on the show does. Um, but I think that might have actually helped me. Um, I, I, as I say, enjoyed it enough to go through it multiple times, which is something that I don't often do with any games, really. I, I kind of... I kind of go towards the I'm moving right along because I have so many things to play that why would I go back to something I've played already? But um, yeah, I, I did that voluntarily and right away with this one, which kind of speaks to the quality for me. And I, uh, I, I enjoyed the atmosphere a whole lot. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the, uh, the upcoming Resident Evil 3 remake, uh, because uh, as I said before, I have not experienced the original other than in um, just kind of YouTube videos and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm hoping that it has a similar effect on me because I, liked this a lot and I definitely recommend it um, regardless of whether or not you played the original I think that it does enough that is new and uh, and updates enough to make things uh, a, a little more playable for a a current audience I was about to say 2019 audience it is not 2019 anymore um, but for a current audience I, I think that this makes some really smart updates uh, and still is creepy uh especially if you played in the dark with headphones on and uh and just kind of wait for the footsteps that uh if you're me will still kind of creep you out uh so yeah do re do recommend and uh enjoy it a lot thanks leah I thought I was definitely going first in that uh, regular listeners may know that we always try to accelerate from the least positive to the most positive because we prefer to celebrate things than tear them down on Cana Rinse. And for uh, probably about 11 and a half months of me owning this game and having dabbled with it, uh, I didn't think an awful lot of it. I thought it was perfectly like the gameplay was fine. And it was, you know, obviously, technically it was all there, but it just felt to me kind of, yeah, a bit plasticky, a bit soulless, a bit artless, a bit of a kind of, there was the, the scene that came to mind was the, the, the conversation about the, the teleported stake in David Cronenberg's The Fly, where, uh, where she says, uh, Gina Davis says, um, yeah, it's just different somehow it just doesn't taste re real it doesn't taste right and that was the overriding feeling i had about this right up until about half three quarters of the way through my leon a playthrough but then things started to come together partly things that i tweaked myself like uh changing the the, the settings uh, the audio visual settings both on my screen and on the game just to get the lighting sorted out. So, I mean, that's there's probably a lesson in that for all of us about modern AV setups, just to think about optimizing, making sure we get the most out of these things. Um, changing the soundtrack on my, my second playthrough to the, to the 98 original. And also, yeah, just actually playing it enough to start appreciating that there is a bit more to this than I first gave it credit for where i thought it was just going to be a retread of resident evil 6 in a better map with a better with you know far better level design based on the original uh it turns out it does have qualities and ideas of its own like the 
stuff we haven't talked about that I really appreciate, like just how quick and swift it is to jump in and out of the inventory and the item box and all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that was a bit wearisome going back to it for the show and the original games uh, just a couple of years ago. The 180 turn, which I didn't even know was in there because it doesn't tutorialize it. Uh, very, very nice. It feels similar to how it does in Resident Evil 4. And there's enough of that kind of, yeah, exciting over the shoulder, but slightly anxious making horror shoot 'em up fun. Uh, but with all that good old, jolly old Resident Evil 4, uh, Resident Evil classic style, toing and froing across the map getting an item as we as we already talked about that's really compelling and yeah now i've come to the end of the the true story i'm now looking at the the screen that you can get your stats on and it says you know you haven't completed this mode on this level and i'm thinking yeah i would really actually like to do all that and get better and get faster and optimize and see that bit again and this bit and and yeah and there i am so of course i won't i won't get a chance to really because i've got a lot of other games to play but this has gone from a game that I thought I was going to trade in the minute I finished it to a game that will definitely be staying on my shelf. And I'm really looking forward to Resident Evil 3. I'll probably be day one that again now uh, as well. So, yes, uh, well done. Um, and also, yeah, testament to Kane and Rince's uh, thing of making us play the games properly before we talk about them. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, my opinion changed. Josh. Uh, I I love this game. Um, it's interesting. Um, I I was thinking of the fly um, uh, as part of my summary, oh, but for a slightly reason. different reason um, than than you uh, deployed it there, Leon. Because I I was thinking about um, the relationship uh, this game has with the original, um, with the two thousand two remake of the original Resident Evil. Um, it's my feeling that that game pretty much replaces the original wholesale. Like it's so close in terms of what it's doing gameplay wise. And yet every edition in my mind was an improvement. Um, the visuals are incredible, all of that stuff. And so even though I think the original is still a, a good tight game, it's really hard to, recommend going back to that when the remake exists whereas with this um i think with the original resident evil 2 and and this remake you have two experiences that are incredibly worthwhile for really different reasons and it reminded me of the relationship that the 1950s version of the fly and uh, uh david cronenberg's remake of the fly have where they're the same story, and they have a lot of the same kind of thematic beats, but radically different execution and very different strengths that end up making both experiences really compelling for very different reasons. And that's how I feel about this remake. It's not a replacement for Resident Evil 2. I think that game is brilliant in its own right and this is brilliant for very different reasons um i don't think it quite has the once in a lifetime magic sorcery specialness that resident evil 4 has and i don't think it quite has the clockwork perfection that um the remake of resident evil has but it's it's a 
big grab bag of comfort food gaming for me um and it's just a pleasure to play through from start to finish despite the issues that i have with the voice acting and story um this is like the best fast food meal i've ever had in a gameplay sense it's just hugely enjoyable love it highly recommended thanks josh Let's uh, round up with the man who's obsessed over this game, probably the most of the four of us, John. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Josh said an awful lot of the things I was going to say. Like, I was also going into this hoping that it would do the same thing for the original game that the remake of Resident Evil 1 did for that. I mean, i.e. essentially just kind of relegate it into complete uh, meaninglessness. Um and it, this this remake is very, very, very good. I mean, I like a huge amount of the things that it does. I think that they've made some really good changes. I mean, they're not all good. There are definitely things about it that I mean, they're not even necessarily not as good as they were in the original. Like, we didn't really go into it very much, but I really hated basically the entire sewer section in this game. Um, but it's hard to say that it's worse than the sewer section in the original because from my vague memories of that it was kind of just a just a series of a few corridors leading between other larger areas um so i don't think that this makes the original redundant in in any way at all i mean if anything now that we've done this podcast and we've got the resident evil 3 remake coming up in what like two months two and a half months um I kind of want to get my my PS3 out and play the original Resident Evil 2 and the original Resident Evil 3 before that comes out because I want to go into that one with the better memory of the game that I should have had probably going into this. Um but yeah, needless to say like this this would have been probably would have been my favorite game of last year if it wasn't for Outer Wilds also having come out and yeah, I just I I wish that it had of just ticked a couple more of those boxes that would have led it slightly closer to being perfect but i mean really when it comes down to it this has got a lot of elements from each of the 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 games that i really liked i mean i i really like the original setting and i think that they've made they've done a fantastic job of recreating the um the police station in that like it's better nicer looking a more interesting environment to explore than it originally was the the changes that they made with the nest at the end fantastic so it's got that aspect of resident evil 2 that i really liked you've got the kind of the better controls and camera movements and things if you're you know looking for better in that respect from the the four five six style games you've got the inventory kind of puzzle management that's more similar to seven than anything else so i think that this is it is in some ways like a yeah like a, a sort of a best of lots of the different worlds of the the various resident evil games so yeah i couldn't recommend it any more highly um and it's probably real cheap now so it is get it before three comes out and and have a good old fun time on it yeah it's been as as low as like 16 quid or something i've seen on digital sales which is nuts for a game that was pretty good 40 to 50 pounds just exactly 12 months ago Anyway, remains for me, Leon, to thank John, Josh and Leah and our correspondents and to you for listening and to tell you next time in issue 404, we experience a huge time jump in order to uncover Assassin's Creed's origins. You've been listening to 
the Canarins video game podcast, part of the Canarins Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com slash for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canarins.com.